Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. I have the wonderful privilege to introduce this phenomenal guest speaker that we have today. Uh, Pastor, some of you might know him, Pastor Brett Westerfield. And uh, come on, give him a round of applause. If you're new here today and you don't know, this is my son, Brett, and he's going to be sharing a word uh, to you today on this Father's Day, and uh, super proud of him and all that he does for our church, for youth ministries and worship. Don't get so anxious. Let me just brag on you for just a second. Uh, I love him and his, oh, his wife already took Danielle. Uh, what a phenomenal team. Uh, Danielle and her father, or no, I was going to say father-in-law, her father. My father-in-law. Your father-in-law helped put Tristan, helped put the uh, surfboard things together. And so they do a lot of work here at the church, uh, a lot of ministry, and we're so proud of them and grateful for them. Um, yeah, Come on, share I got to preach, bro. Share a good go. word. Let's go. I'm not letting him do announcements next time. I was looking at the clock. I got a lot of notes here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Uh, let me get set real real quick. Um, happy Father's Day to all the the dads out there. We love you. Um, I want to give you a shout out. Um, today today is going to be a day where I want to celebrate dads. Uh, oftentimes I, 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 I see and hear uh, like, let me give an example. I'm not, I'm not bitter, but uh, Mother's Day, it's all like, moms, we love you. We appreciate you. You're the best thing in the entire world, which you are, by the way. Uh, and uh, you're superheroes. You are. But then it's like Father's Day comes around and we're like, dad, step up. You know, like, you got to be better. But here's the thing. I want to say this. <laughs> we're trying. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're doing it right. Um, I was reading online that statistically... Father's Day is the lowest attended Sunday uh, of the year in most churches. And the reason I want to celebrate our dads today is because that's not the case in here today. Uh, I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's even close to a low uh, Sunday for us. And so what that tells me is we have a lot of good uh, God-fearing dads in the room today. Amen? Amen. And so instead of asking you to step up, I'm going to make a case for you today. <laughs> um, but fathers are very important. I think here's, one of, here's the thing. Some folks might think that Father's Day is low attended most of the time because maybe they're at home smoking a brisket or it just wasn't in their plans. Or, you know, and that may be true sometimes. But I also think it's because we don't honor fathers enough. And we live in a, in a world where, uh, I read this, stati- this, this statistic the other day where one in four children are growing up in a house without a father. There's 18 million kids, which is New York City twice or L.A. four times. Growing, out without, growing up without dads. And a lot of times when we hear that, we think, man, it's like oh, these dads are just skipping out. Which there are dads that do that. But not every time is it the dad's fault. I think there's a lot of fathers out there that would really love to love their children. 
And sometimes it's kind of, it, it's just a mess. And if we can agree that sometimes it's one way, sometimes it's the other way. But I think if we really took the time to honor dads, they would, we would find it much more important in our world. Amen? And I think, I'm going to make a bold, can I make a bold statement? I think most of our problems in the world today would be fixed if we fixed the family. I think, I think it would be. I think... The, 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 the distress, the things that we see in the world, I think would be um, a lot better if we, if we cared for the family unit. And so today I want to say, dads, we love you. <laughs> and we appreciate you. And every kid that had a good dad really appreciates you. And every kid that didn't have a good dad knows how valuable you are. And so today's for you. So once again, would you give it up for the dads in the room? Check this out. Here, the title of today's message is called The Blessing of a Good Father. So if you want to write that down, you can. <laughs> Most of the times we rattle off statistics about how, what happens when dad's not there. I'm going to rattle off some statistics of what happens when dad is there. Amen? Because we got a lot of dads in the room. Uh, households with good fathers are four times less likely, the kids are four times less likely to experience poverty. And there's half the risk of infant mortality in the home. The kids are less likely to go to prison. The daughters are seven times less likely to become pregnant as the teenagers. There's le they're less li likely to face abuse or neglect, less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Uh, they're half as likely... Uh, to suffer from obesity or other health issues, and half as likely to drop out of school. 63% of youth suicides happen in a fatherless home. And here's, here's another one of the importance of a dad. If a dad doesn't attend church regularly, their kids have about a 1 in 50 chance of regularly attending when they're adults. So dads, once again... You're really important. <laughs> you really, really are. And this isn't a message about how you need to step up because you've stepped up and you're here. And this is a message about how important you are. I want you to go home today. Me too. This is for me. <laughs> but I want to, I'm just kidding. I'm a dad. Uh, I want us to go home today as fathers thinking, man, I'm doing a good job. And we all mess up. <laughs> but we're doing our very best. Amen? And let me make this clear. This isn't a case against moms. <laughs> moms, like I said before, are superheroes. They're the best. They're so much, they have so much grace. Some of the things Danielle does at home, I'm like, I don't know how I have the patience to do that. I would have just put him in timeout already, you know. But she's like, Vince. I'm like, he doesn't know. Like, you know, anyway. I'll just put him in his room. That's it. Close the door. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, so moms are amazing. And there's a lot of, I know a lot of single moms, too, that have really given their children everything that they have. And so this isn't a case against them either. It's just simply a case for present, godly, loving fathers. Amen? And there's a lot of you in this room that are present, loving, and godly fathers. And there's some in the room who are, while listening to this, are like, man, I want to be better, which is cool, too. 
And there's a lot of you in this room who might aspire to be a father one day. Which is good too. (laughs) And there's a lot, or there's some in the room who maybe never had kids, but have been like a father to somebody else. And once again, this message is for you. Amen? So open in your Bibles with me real quick. This isn't the main scripture yet, so Ken, don't don't get crazy. Uh, But open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. I'm actually not going to read it much. I just want you to know where it's at. (laughs) And you could read it on your own. But one of my favorite examples of of the blessing of a good father is the story of the prodigal son. Raise your hand if you've heard the story of a prodigal son. And we oftentimes talk about this story in the perspective of the rebellious son. Or sometimes we talk about it in the perspective of the faithful but then prideful son. But I want to talk about it for just a little bit. It's not my main point, but I want to talk about it from the perspective of a good father. Raise your hand if you have multiple kids in this place. I don't. I only have one. But if you have multiple kids. If you have multiple kids, you know that each kid is different. Uh, me and my siblings are all very different. Um, when, when, I, when I had the ability to put on a baseball glove, it was on my hand. And I'm throwing heaters at my dad. Got to say, I had an arm, okay? My brother was left-handed. My dad bought him a right-handed glove, right? Because he's left-handed. And they start throwing in the backyard. And my brother looks at my dad. He goes, hey, dad. He said, yeah, why are we doing this? fine, <laughs> you know, we don't have to play, son, no. but parents, you know that your kids are very different, my dad, when, when the discipline time came, I'd cry before anything even happened, my dad walks in the room, <laughs> right, no, my brother would be like, come on, give it to me, <laughs> right, it's like two different Kids, we don't need to talk about my sister. We're all still dealing with the trauma of that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, she was a lot. I'm just saying. But uh, God bless him. So um, from about 2 to 20, she, now she was, no, I'm just kidding. All right, Brittany, I love you if you're watching. But who are we kidding? She's not watching. My brother probably is, though. Um, but every kid is different, right? And you have to raise each kid differently. You can't just... Like, the books that parents always tell you to read, they're great, but you can't, like, take that book and this kid, this kid, and this kid. Some, some of your kids aren't going to sleep. I'm just going to be honest. They're just not going to. Some, you're going to be like, man, this kid sleeps great. Some are going to be all quiet and sweet, and, and some are going to be tornadoes, right? We talked about it yesterday. Vince is a good kid, but he never stops moving. If he stops moving, his mouth starts moving. So it's like he has his dad's mouth and his mom's legs, and he just never stops. But every kid is different. So imagine this father, a good father. He has two sons. Everybody say two sons. He has two sons. And one is reckless, selfish, rebellious, disrespectful, probably calls himself a free spirit. Sorry. Okay. And the second one is loyal, respectful, honoring, plays by the rules, but a little prideful. 
And so let's talk about this good father's reaction to his two sons. Can we do that? Like I said, I'm just going to kind of talk about the story, and then I'll go to another scripture later. But I don't have time to read the whole thing today. But so we have the one son who asks for his father's um, inheritance early. He says, give me my share. Right? And then he goes off and he spends it on, the Bible says, loose living, which you can fill in the blanks. He goes off and he's spending it on a sinful lifestyle. And, and I'm sure the father's heart is just broken. If any of you in the room have had a kid that kind of wanders away, it's just, it's tough. And I, I guarantee that father's praying every day. God, bring my son back. Bring my son back. Help him to know you, right? And that son decides that, you know what, it's actually better to be a servant in my father's household than to be doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to go back to my good father. And when he goes back, he expects to be a servant, and he's coming home all muddy, smelling like pigs and everything else. Gross. And his father, a well-established Jewish man, and probably in a big robe, did the unthinkable. He ran to his son while he was still a far ways off. And in his robe and attire and everything, gave his smelly, muddy, dirty son a hug. And said what all good fathers should say when their lost kids come home. Welcome home. I love you. Right? Notice he didn't say, told you you shouldn't have left. <laughs> Notice he said, oh, we're going to have a word with your mother. <laughs> All he said, welcome home. Amen? He embraced him, he celebrated him, and he prayed for him. He'd been through enough already. <laughs> now, let's look at the reaction to the other son. So the other son finds out that his brother, who'd gone off and squandered all his money, comes home, and he gets a party. And he's like, Dad, you've never thrown me a party, right? We've all been there. We're a little jealous sometimes. Like, you didn't do that for me, right? One time I asked, I'm going to put you on blast here. One time I asked my dad, I said, how come I do all the chores in the house, right? I was about 14. Dad, how come I do all the chores? He goes, well, Evan has a job. I was like, okay, that's fair. What about Brittany? He goes, well, she's hanging out with her friends. <laughs> I've got friends too. You know. <laughs> Why are you throwing her a party and not me? Anybody ever been there, right? We can relate to this son. Dad, all I've, he says to him, all I've ever been is here for you. All I've ever done is the right thing. And this rebellious son of yours comes home and you throw him a party and his father teaches him a great lesson. He says, son, all I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But we must celebrate. And what he teaches him is that celebrating someone else doesn't come at your expense. Right? And so wherever we're at in life, if someone succeeds, we could celebrate that even if we're failing at the moment. <laughs> or even if we're succeeding less. Or even if we're succeeding more and we're worried about them succeeding more than us, right? I'm veering off the Father's Day message. This is for everybody. <laughs> but what a good lesson. What a good father. And what does he do? He loves both sons in a different way. Amen? 
And so, something I've noticed about good fathers is that they're always wanting more advice, more wise counsel, more ways to be better. Because none of us are ever perfect. Amen? And so, in my pursuit of being a better father, I've read, I've read so many books of how to raise a godly child. You know, it's like I'm terrified. Uh, and Vince is not even two yet, but I'm just like, oh, gosh, you know. So I'm reading all these books, but what I've found, what I've stumbled across, and this will be where we kind of land today, is a scripture that I really love. It's super popular. You probably could recite it by heart. And it's not really a father's, it's not really meant for fathers, but I think it's an amazing guide for us. And it's Psalm 23. If you open your Bibles there to Psalm 23, I'm going to read it, and we'll show how we have so many good fathers in this room, and maybe each of us can take a little something from this and move it forward. Amen? So Psalm 23 is a, is a psalm written by David to or about God, right? And so like I said, it's not about a father, but if we want to be good fathers, God's about as good as it gets. Amen? So it says... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness, or mercy, some translations say, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that a great text? So I see... Seven things, you're like, seven, Brett, what? <laughs> I'll go quick. <laughs> but I see seven things in here that I think we could take home with us as good and loving fathers. Amen? And so we're going to go right through it. Number one is I see that a good father, the blessing of a good father, is that a good father is a provider. We see in a couple of texts here, it says, I shall not want. It says, you prepare a table before me. And it says, my cup overflows. In the presence of God, David was never left wanting. And this isn't to say that every dad needs to be the breadwinner. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Uh, but we can provide financially. We can provide spiritually. To provide a godly home, amen? We could provide relationally where you don't leave your kids wanting more of you. A good father is a provider, amen? Verse 2 shows us that a good father is a peacemaker. Anybody have ever had a break up a fight? Anybody got boys in the room? Uh, they fight a little harder, more physical than the girls do, but the girls, I feel like they hit a little harder than the guys do. The guy, little boys will punch each other and walk away, and they're good. And the girls have to hold a grudge for a long time. So you got to kind of break that up. But 
So, anyways, blessings to my father-in-law. He had four of them. Um, and they all turned out great, so. But a good father is a peacemaker. Uh, fathers, your home should be a place of peace and security. We, should, we, we as good fathers should be beacons of peace. Amen? We shouldn't be known for our tempers. We shouldn't be known for the way we lose it. We should be known for the way when the storm comes. Right here. And there's so many in this room that I see that do that. We should be known for our peace. Amen? And that's where it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me by quiet waters and he restores my soul. Right? We should provide opportunities for rest for our wives and children. Verse 3 shows me that a good father is a righteous guide. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So we got to lead the way. There's so many good dads in this room that have led the way for me. I, I, when we first came to this church, I was 16, I think. <laughs> 17, somewhere in there. And there's so many good dads in this room that I've just looked up to for so many years. And so, dads, it's not just about your kids. It's about leading the way in the church. It's about leading the way in your workplace. It's about leading the way, right? And you're doing a good job. Amen? We've got to live an honorable life unto him. Verse 4, it says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. A good father is present. This is probably the easiest thing we could do as dads, is just show up, just be there. We're physically present, we're emotionally present, we're spiritually present. Got to be there for our kids. Verse 4, again, shows me, this is a really interesting one, I'm going to take some time here. A good father is a just disciplinary. A just disciplinary. There's a very interesting thing here in verse 4. So it says, we all know this. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We love that one, right? Then we forget. Well, it says, you are with me. And then we forget this next part and what it really means. It says, your rod and your staff comfort me. And so this is talking about a shepherd, and the rod is used to hit sheep. <laughs> and the staff, have you ever seen a shepherd's staff? It has this big loop. What that loop is for is for necks. <laughs> Get over here, right? You grab the sheep by the neck. Pull. So isn't it kind of peculiar David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And some of the, I know this of all parents, some of the least favorite things we have to do is discipline our kids. Oh, it hurts. Right? But the other day, Vince was bound and determined that he was going to touch the stove when it was on high. So I had to think to myself, do I want my son to have a burn on his hand or discipline from dad? And in that moment, I had to discipline him. Right? And that stinks. You never like to do it, but it's good. 
for your kids. Amen? It's good. Because it says it right here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The, the direction that you give your kids, the, the guidance that you give your kids, the, the checks like, hey, that's not right, don't do that. Those types of things should comfort your kids. As I got older in life, I started to realize the things that my dad would, hey, stop that, stop that. When I got older, I realized, man, I realized two things. One, those were good for me. Two, if I'm in trouble, I could talk to my dad. Because he knows the way better than I do. So in that way, this is what David is saying. God, your rod and your staff, they come for me because I know it helps me realize that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? I don't know what I'm doing. God, so your discipline helps me. Amen? It doesn't mean that your kids are always happy about the rod and the staff. <laughs> but your discipline shaped them into better human beings and brought them comfort because we're doing it in love and kindness and gentleness. Amen? Never discipline your kids out of anger. Just do it out of love. Verse 5 shows me that a good father is a protector. Right? Keeping your family safe is a good thing. <laughs> Amen? But here's the other thing I for, that we oftentimes forget. We, especially here in America, you know, Second Amendment, we're like, oh, keep my family safe. Yeah, you know. The house is locked down. You don't want to come to my house, you know. Someone comes to my house. <laughs> Alexa, play Eye of the Tiger, you know. <laughs> Anyways, you got this whole plan ready. But what we often forget is that the Bible says that our, our fight is not of flesh and blood, but of, of spirit and prison, right? And so what we need to do more often than have a game plan if someone breaks in our house is need to have a prayer plan for when stuff goes wrong, right? We need to be on our knees as fathers, praying over our children. Lord, would you guide them? Lord, would you help them? Because we can't do it all, right? We can't do it all. When my, when, when I know someday, <laughs> not right now, but Vince is going to encounter some incredible temptation. And I got to spend some time on my knees praying, God, would you protect him? God, would you keep him safe? That's what a good father does. And so many of you, especially as kids in the room, I'm still a kid, okay? We felt those prayers from our parents. We felt them. We know that they're praying for us. They're looking out for us. That's the blessing of a good father. And it says, you have anointed my head with oil. Check this out. This is really cool. So when a shepherd puts oil on a sheep's head, they put it and it drips down like this. What it does is it creates a, a barrier so that the flies and gnats and ticks and stuff don't bury in the sheep's forehead. And so for us as, as fathers, what we're supposed to do is put a covering on our family is that when tough times come, when the, things, when the enemy tries to burrow himself right in our kids' for, if there's a covering and there's an anointing on our family because we've prayed and because we've taken time and we've, and, and, and we've called down heaven and, 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 and oftentimes the moms are the prayer warriors of the family, but dads, we, we have all of that ability too, amen, is to pray. And you know what's so powerful? If you and your wife grab hands and you pray together for your kids. Imagine if a, your kid can't sleep at night and they come out at 
11 o'clock at night, they can't sleep, and mom and dad are on their knees just praying for them. The greatest gift a kid could ever receive is security, safety. Can you imagine what that does to your kid when you walk in? Like, man, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. I just had a nightmare, but mom and dad are praying. <laughs> And maybe it shows your kid enough to go, your kid comes down and gets on their knees and pray. I know, Randall, your kids are little prayer warriors. <laughs> They're always praying. But it's because you pray, right? And there's a lot of, I'm just pointing out Randall. That's The surfboards are for this group over here. But as we pray more and as we do these things, our kids start to do them. And, and, and the greatest gift that we can receive also as fathers and as mothers is seeing our kid worship the Lord. Seeing our kid pray. That starts with us. Amen? We can't expect our kids to pray and worship if we don't pray and worship. This, the last thing, number seven, is a good father is merciful and loving. It says, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let your kids remember you forever as the most loving father. Let your kids always remember you for your grace and not your anger. The Bible speaks of God in this way, that his mercy triumphs over judgment. Would we be the same way? Discipline is necessary and being a just disciplinary is necessary but my mercy I pray that my mercy always triumphs over judgment events that my grace is bigger than my anger that I'm slow to anger but I'm quick to love amen so this message of seven things that we all could do as good father it's really for me I'm reading this I'm like oh, I'm trying to be these things and here's what I want to say to all the good fathers in the room that you can check those boxes. Man, I've been doing pretty good. We just want to say thank you. We honor you and we're better because of you. And I want to, I want to do something different. I wasn't going to do this, but trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, <laughs> but it could be good. Um, it could be. It could be. It's on the brink of not being good. <laughs> There's just so many good fathers in this room that I look up to and that a lot of the young men look up to, and I just think it would be appropriate to pray for all the dads in the room, and so we're going to have, can we, can we have you stand up one more time, all the dads in the room, and and here's why we're going to pray for you. We're not praying a prayer of, hey, do better, Dad. I don't, this, <laughs> we're praying a, a, a prayer of, of continue the race, Dad. Keep being faithful, Dad. Know that you're worth so much to your family and to your kids. And also, Dad's in the room that think, are thinking to yourself, man, I haven't been perfect. It's okay. It's okay. There's still time. There's still time. And those of us that are new dads, me and Leo, we're trying our best, you know. But we need all 
the gray-haired dads in this room to look up to. And what a testimony on Father's Day that the room is packed like this with good dads. So before I pray, I, I also want to pray that this church would forever be a church filled with good, godly dads. And this is how I can tell this church is on to something really special is that there's this many good dads in the room. There's this many. And so let's take up the mantle to be excited about what God's going to do in this place and in uh, all of you dads. And band, as I'm praying, you guys can make your way up. So uh, would you just stretch out a hand to all the, da- the closest dad? Or, um, and we're going to pray right now in these uh, next few moments. Um, God, we just worship you. We thank you, Lord, for these dads. We thank you for the sacrifice that they make, God, the the times when they're so exhausted coming home and they take a moment in the car and regroup and get back in the house and bring their best because they know their wife and their kids need it. God, we thank you for the moments spent in your word from these dads. We thank you for the moments spent in prayer. God, we thank you. God, for the moments spent stressing and worrying because we're so, we desire the best for our kids. But God, I pray that you would just give an amazing comfort on these dads right now, God, that you would give an amazing blessing on these dads to know that they're worth so much, God, that we champion them today, that we're so grateful that we have a church filled with good dads. God, that so everyone who needs a really, really good dad can look around this room and find one even if they, if they didn't have one, God. We just, we thank you so much, God. We pray for that moving forward, God, you would bless, you would guide their steps, you would lead them, you would help them to be faithful in the things that they've already been doing, God. And each and every one of us desire to be better, Lord. So help us to be more like you. Help each and every day to look more like you. We just want to seek you, Lord. You're the greatest father that we've ever had. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.